Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Papua New Guinea's cricketers regain one-day international status and we speak with the retiring Cook Islands sprinter Patricia Tyre. But first, Peter Taufotafu has revealed plans to represent Tonga in kayaking at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. The 35-year-old double Olympian first made global headlines with a shirtless entrance as Tonga's flag bearer at the 2016 Summer Games in Rio, a feat he repeated at last year's Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. After representing his country in taekwondo and cross-country skiing, Tafa Tafua is now determined to make a splash in the water, but admits he's paddling upstream. You know, it's much more aligned with being a Polynesian. It's something that's in our culture, in our heritage, in our, um, you know, in our DNA, is to paddle across the uh, Pacific. And it was something that I enjoyed as a kid, going out fishing on an outrigger canoe, and I just really enjoyed that, you know, that process. The second reason is that we want to bring awareness to the planet. So I guess what we're doing is we're paddling for the planet, uh, you know, climate change, um, the oceans. It's that time in the in the human story where we start looking after our planet. And I just want to bring awareness to that. And what better way to do it than to jump on a kayak and in a sport that I, I love and, uh, and, and doing it that way. And how is training going? How far along are you? How comfortable are you in a kayak? In a kayak, comfortable. In a race kayak, not so much. We, we've been using recreational kayaks, but I have tried a race kayak, and uh, the balancing is quite challenging at the moment. But I, I feel that the the, the strength and conditioning will, um, you know, once we can sort out the balance, the strength and conditioning will help me get over the line uh, as quickly as possible. Does this feel more natural a challenge for you, or, or like you're starting at a uh, further along point than, than perhaps when you picked up the skis for the first time? It does feel a little bit more natural because it's. You know, I had been on a on, on kayak growing up, which is a recreational thing, fishing. Um, skis I'd never put on. What is much harder this time is the um, the qualification process will require me to be number one in Oceania, which which I guess means um, beating uh, New Zealand and Australian already Olympic medalists uh, just to qualify. So it's you know that's that's what the major challenge is going to be. Is that the only way to get to Tokyo? There's no universality placings or anything like that. I'm sure there are for certain sports, possibly for kayak, but I, I don't even I don't think of it that way. I think of how am I going to get there? Is I'm going to qualify? Um, you know, that's always the number one priority: to be the best in the region or to or to do what's needed to get to that level. You know, to train hard enough to become an Olympic uh, level kayaker, and then yeah, I don't even think about uh, those things. And uh, what, what's the reaction? Have you spoken to people in the you know, sprint kayaking or Olympic kayaking community? Do you, do you know anyone that has been to the Olympics? What, what do they think of this? Uh, I haven't met any of the other competitors, but we have had um, a couple of offers of assistance you know, help us through that process. There's a famous uh, German kayaker, uh, Katrin Botcher, who's uh, on the Gold Coast, and she's going to 
um, help out with the technical side of, of a kayaking sport. But I, uh, I, th- I feel they're going to be very positive because it's one of those sports where people are just, just happy to see other competitors. I, I mean, it's kind of like taekwondo. Someone said they were going to go and come and try for an Olympics in taekwondo. We'd really encourage them and, uh, you know, and help them through that process. So I, I feel kayaking will be the same thing. Do you feel a sense of responsibility after what happened in Rio and the, and the profile you got off the back of that and, and then Pyeongchang too? Keep Tonga in the in the spotlight or to keep, you know, these issues, as you say, such as climate change, I know you do work with the UN, etc., to, you know, to keep the region and challenges in the world in the spotlight? On a personal level, I've had enough eyes on me. It's time to get eyes on the planet. Um, you know, this is bigger than bigger than myself. It's bigger than... This is... We need to bring awareness to these issues. Our, our islands are going under. We're getting cyclones every year instead of once every 10 years. There's plastic pollution. The fish stocks are dying. I mean, that's that supersedes any personal goal or dream that I have. or And that's what we want to do, is to bring awareness to that. You know, do I feel the pressure? There's always, when you go and you make an announcement like this, and, you know, everyone wants this this dream fairy tale ending, and, of course, there's going to be pressure. But, uh, you know, there's only three options. Option number one, I qualify for nothing. Option number two, I qualify for one sport. And option number three is I qualify for, uh, for two sports in one Olympic. All of those options I'm happy with because I'm I'm at peace with myself, but I'd like option number three where I make two. Taekwondo obviously is your first love. It's the sport you've competed in since you were young. Do you, do you still keep up the training with that? Yeah, it, I, it hasn't dropped off. I mean, the, I haven't had a competition in a while. I, you know, the last two years I've, um, I haven't been kicking because I've, I've let the body heal. You know, it takes a, a long toll on your body when you're doing a martial art for so many years. You know, I've allowed the body to heal. The joints are feeling good and I'll be... Uh, you know, I'll be ready to get back kicking um, as soon as I finish uh, the August competition in uh, in Hungary. Yeah, so you've got the World Canoe Sprint Championships in Hungary in August. Uh, are you assured of being entered into that? I mean, the, the first step for us is making sure that we have a, um, a federation, you know, that's able to facilitate this process and is, a, you know, uh, internationally recognised with the ICF, the um, International Canoe Federation. So we're just going through that process now. But it's something that I've always wanted to make sure that was set up properly anyway, you know, to, to go beyond me and to go to the next level of, of youth coming out of Tonga because, you know, it's just a sport that aligns with being Polynesian. So, you know, to have that, you know, if we go through the work of getting that set up, then there's going to be, you know, thousands and thousands more people after me who can have, who can have access to these competitions. And so, Peter, August isn't far away. So what are you doing between now and then? And, and what's the preparation and training looking like? Uh, it's looking good. I've got my taekwondo coach, who's now my kayak coach as well. He doesn't um, doesn't know much about kayaking, but he's uh, he's been on YouTube, so he should be able to find us a few hints and tips to get us there. Um, <laughs> one of the challenges is finding the right equipment to compete on an international level. So we, you know, we're, uh, we're out there looking for, I guess, supporters, sponsors, and partners to come on the journey with us and see if we can make. Uh, make three Olympic sports to be the first person in the modern era and, and raise awareness for the planet. That's Tonga's double Olympian, Peter Taufa Tafua. Papua New Guinea have regained one-day international status after finishing third at the World Cricket League Division 2 event in Namibia. The Barramundis thrashed Oman by 145 runs in their final round-robin match on Friday to ensure a top-four finish which earned them ODI status and promotion to Cricket World Cup League 2. 
Head coach Joe Dawes says after an up and down week, the players delivered when it mattered the most. It was an interesting day. We were five for not many again, and then uh, you know to see two guys uh, stand up with the bat, which is what we've been chasing for a year. All tournament was outstanding, and uh, you know a big partnership and got us into a position was great and then you know I'm really pleased for Nasana who you know has worked really hard over the last 18 months he's lost 20 kilos dealt with an issue with his action done everything that we've asked of him plus more and has really you know he's on his way to becoming a world-class fast bowler. Yeah obviously the batting was the big concern that you talked about throughout the tournament uh, and you probably were thinking at five for 32 weren't you sort of here we go again but as you say, Kiplin Doriger and, and Cesse Bau, 129 runs, I think it was, for that sixth wicket to really anchor that fight back and you know show some real, some real um, you know um, fight and grit from your team. Yeah, it was a great partnership, and they've worked hard, and you know we've had lots of chats about their batting, and Cesse had put his hand up early in the tour to have a go at opening, and and struggled there obviously, so for him to get another go at six and and do that and create. Really what was a, a tournament-changing and program-changing innings or partnership is, was outstanding to watch. And, and as you mentioned, Osana Pakana, five wickets, Chad Soper, three wickets, as you guys polished them off pretty uh, emphatically. So so while that game's happening, are you guys, are the other games on at the same time and you guys are, are getting updates or are you just blocking out the other games? Uh, we were watching the scores in the other games. Then when our game finished a little bit early... We all went up to the bar at the United Club there and had a drink and were watching the game on one of the boys' phones, live streaming it. And uh, We knew the numbers of what USA had to get to and uh, when they got there, there was some pretty loud cheering and carrying on, to be honest. It was quite, it was very exciting and it was great to see the boys uh, enjoying themselves. This was the big event that you guys needed to deliver at, um, you know, to get ODI status, to, to keep the, the World Cup dream alive, to get into that Cricket World Cup League 2. You know, there's a lot of spin-offs from doing well at this event, so you now have all of those benefits. You've got ODI status again. You, you're guaranteed to play 30-plus one-dayers over the next few years. I mean, this is huge. Well, it's life-changing for the boys. You know, the difference between this and not having this means that they get to keep their contracts and continue their dream of being professional cricketers. And it means also we can run programs back in POM with, for the girls and for under-19s. You know, so it's going to change a lot of lives and access to, to this cricket. And it's going to be a hard road. There's some really good teams in this, and we've got a lot to learn and improve on. But we've shown that we can mix it with these guys, and we're really looking forward to it. And then I guess on Saturday, just the icing on the cake, um, you know, getting a win over the USA, a team that had thumped you by 10 wickets, just to, I guess, reinforce the improvement or development you, your players had showed throughout the, the tournament. Yeah, that was really pleasing. They were, they were a good side. You know, on that day, they were, they were a brilliant side. And, um, you know, for us to give a bit back to them was really pleasing and, and, and walk away with that with some confidence. And, you know, they were up and about. It was their first ever ODI, so... They were well and truly up for that game and you know, to give them a, a bit of a touch-up back was quite pleasing. Having regained ODI status against Oman, does, did that mean that immediately that game against USA became an ODI? Yeah, the top four teams that played their playoffs, they, they were ODIs because of the results from the day before. So, um, yeah, that was, that was for ranking points and all that sort of thing. So it's an important game to to start off this new cycle with the wins is quite nice. What is next for the Barramundis? When are you guys next in action, and what have you got to look forward to in the um, you know short 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 to medium future? 
some time off first. Boys are having a couple of weeks off. Uh, and then, you know, really the hard work starts again. Um, we've achieved this. We achieved what we wanted to do just prior to that with getting to that World Cup qualifier. And now it's probably some time just to address the areas we need to work on and then hit the ground running in the middle of May to start addressing those things. That's the Papua New Guinea men's cricket coach, Joe Dawes. The Cook Islands sprinter Patricia Tyre is looking forward to sleeping in and the odd piece of chocolate after announcing her retirement from athletics. The 25-year-old made her international debut on home soil at the 2009 Pacific Mini Games and represented her country at three Commonwealth Games and two Olympics. After taking up athletics in primary school, she says it's now time for a new challenge. I've always been really competitive in anything, not just sport, school, home. I decided I was very, yeah, I was very sporting in school in primary. I decided to try out athletics after beating everybody in my school, including the boys. It felt really good. My mom just decided to train me in athletics on the beach. So I was doing that until uh, one of the local coaches saw me running a com- running a race in the competition approached me, asked if I wanted to actually train with the squad. I said yes. I joined up and stayed within the sport till now. And so you would have been just 16 at the when the mini games were in in, in Adata Tonga, weren't you? And, you know, in front of your home supporters. What was that like? You know, 10 years ago. Um, you know, having sort of your major international debut in, in front of your friends and family and, and people that you knew. It gave me a taste of what international competitions would be like whenever I left. It was also a proud moment representing my country, running in front of my family. They got to see all my hard work and show. You know, it was an amazing first experience for me and the rest was history. That would have been the biggest event you competed in on home soil? Yes, it was. And obviously after that you had three Commonwealth Games, two Olympic Games, uh, another couple of mini games, uh, and obviously um, you know Pacific Games as well. Um, what, what, what was your biggest memory? What, what, what's your proudest memory from competing and, and what's kind of the, the most surreal moment you've had? So one of my proudest moments was making the Olympics, my very first one in 2012, and also making the Olympics the second time in 2016. But one of my most memorable memories would be 2017 in Vanuatu. We had the many Pacific Games. I was in really good shape. I competed in the women's 200 as well as 100. Got a silver in the 100, a gold in the 200, as well as a new Cook Island women's record. That was a big moment for me because no one in the Cook Islands had ever won gold in track. To the island world, so I came first. I was very happy for myself because I made history and all my hard work paid off. And having been able to run against one of my training mates and event being the first person to beat her in a very, very long time was really exciting. Knowing that I earned it was really good. And Patricia, after that achievement, you obviously had the Commonwealth Games last year on the Gold Coast and, you know, there's a Pacific Games this year in Samoa and Apia and there's Japan next year. Did you think about maybe doing one or two more of those events or why Why is now the right time for you to, to call it 
quits on on your running career? Considering that I've been working full time, I'm with my family, I have a lot more responsibilities now, and as well as training, I thought that I could still still train the same as I was in Australia. I could still be in top shape for certain competitions, and I was getting there, but I was always hitting hurdles along the way. Every time I try to go back into training, something happened, and I'd take three steps back, then go again, hit another hurdle, then take another three steps back. So it was hard. I found it hard um, just trying to get fit all the time, starting from ground zero. And having a lot more responsibilities now, and also me wanting to try other things, play other sports, I thought maybe this would be the right time to sit back and be a supporting person in athletics rather than try and train full time for competitions because it would only it would be really really hard, not impossible, just really hard. And it might take a lot longer for me to get into the shape that I want to be and be well prepared for competition. After all those years of sacrifice, now that you've decided to take a step back, what's that one thing you can maybe now eat or, or drink or, or just, you know, sort of treat treat yourself that all those years your coaches or you yourself knew you, you couldn't really have when you were training? What's something that you've been able to at least say, oh, finally, I, I can have this? Oh, well, <laughs> one thing I... I would have occasionally, um, maybe a couple of months, when I was training full on, was um, pizzas. I love pizzas. And I, I'd hardly party a lot being living the life of an athlete. Now, after announcing that I've retired, I'm doing a bit of both, eating a lot of bad food. It feels great. I, in my mind, I think all the bad foods that I'm having now are good for the soul, maybe not the body. Good for my asshole, makes you feel so good. I'm just hanging out with my friends. I have a lot of social life now. But yeah, lots of pizza, lots of chocolate, uh, a lot of island food as well. Because when I was living on that side, I uh, it was hard for me to get some island food. And island food is a lot, is really high in carbs, but they taste really good. And now that I'm done and I'm here on the island, it's so easy. I guess people would say you probably earned that after all the years of dedication. Um, so so you, you, you've mentioned you still want to stay involved in athletics. So what what sort of involvement will that be? Do you want to help out you know, young future athletes in the Cook Islands? Will you be coaching or will you just be attending events? Or uh, what, what sort of involvement do you think you'll have going forward? Uh, I'm in the uh, Alfred Athletics Federation Committee. So I'm helping out with any major event that we'll be hosting this year. I'm going to be helping out with my coach on the island, help him um, coach developing athletes. Uh, when I have the time, we'll have a holiday program, mainly a lot of coaching when I have the time, and just helping out with organising um, events, anything really. That's the retiring Cook Islands sprinter Patricia Tyre, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.